Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Sorry. It's one of those days, isn't it? <laughs> Don't you wish the video was a little longer sometimes? A little fa la la la. Man, well, we're jumping in a new series called Travel Light. You'll never guess what we're going to talk about today. Distractions. Come on, somebody. You see what I did there with the phone? Distract. Just. All right, it didn't go well. All right, well, I'll get you guys next week, so you come on back. We're going to have some fun. I was texting my wife, by the way, toy lover, so that's how I roll. That's what, that's what I'm going to do. But today we're letting go of distraction, talking about letting go of the mental clutter. You know, we come into the season, it's so busy. We're cramming everything into our station wagon, going to holidays, being crazy. And so this whole next series, all the way through Christmas, we're talking about letting go of stuff, letting go of coughing and sickness from the front row of these guys here. Man, give it up for these guys today, just busting out through the sickness. Barry, I was like, man, I hope he doesn't die on stage, man. I'll preach your funeral. You did a good job, Barry. Um, but you ever notice how it's hard to focus? Hard to focus on anything? You ever notice that about yourself? Squirrel! You ever notice it's hard to focus? Ice Age? Come on, somebody. Who likes Ice Age? No, nobody? It's a good Christmas movie. We watched the movie right before Jack was born. It's like the Ice Age like thawed out and then boom, a baby. So it's kind of crazy how that works. But it's just hard to focus, isn't it, sometimes? Maybe it's hard to focus. See, I'm having a hard time to focus even this morning. Maybe it's hard to focus during the message. Anybody? <laughs> It, what? Man, I was going to say it's my favorite crowd because no amens. My wife amens. Hard to focus during the message. Maybe you got somebody tapping their foot in the back. You're like, man, what is going on? You're thinking about we're going to eat at the restaurant. You see these lights up here behind me. I guess some of these do like some weird stuff, you know? Anybody seen that before? They start like strobing or twinkling and lights, just lights. You start seeing that, right? One time uh, I, was, I was a youth pastor at church and we set up a, a laser light above the screen uh, for youth activity, like one of those things that does the laser show, because um, that's, that's how I roll, right? That's a lot of fun. And we forgot, I forgot to unplug it uh, before Sunday morning, and it was sound activated. So as the preacher started preaching and getting louder, in Jesus' name, come on, and the laser, man, I'm telling the whole church, that Baptist church like lit up, you know, like a 4th of July concert, and I'm like, oh, no, no, God, you know, what have I done? And so I uh, had to unplug the laser. A little distracting sometimes, right? And I don't know if you know how distracting it is up here sometimes as you're preaching. Man, people sometimes bring their Funyuns in, like, I don't know what's going on, and cracking on a bag of chips, and you're like, man, they didn't even sell this to the school. You must really, really want the Funyuns, you know? You got kids like running around, people are crying, and the babies, but people are crying the name of Jesus, doing crazy stuff, and I know you guys are on your phone when I'm preaching, and you're like on you version, just supplicating in the Lord, and taking notes of all the wisdom that God has, has given your pastor, and you're like, oh man, you're not scrolling Facebook, I, I, I trust you guys, I trust you guys, you're not checking email, I trust you, Barry, I trust you, <laughs> He's got, is that you version? I'm blind, Barry, I can't even read that from here, 
You think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that young. But yeah, sometimes it's distracting, right? Sometimes you look up and somebody's sleeping right here in the middle section. It's not Mike, but somebody, somebody's sleeping in the middle section and you realize there's a staff person. You're like, what in the world is going on? So if you notice, I get loud sometimes. I'm preaching. I just get really excited. I'm just like, in the spirit, name of God, you're going to wake up this morning. Come on, somebody. You're going to wake them up from the third, uh, the third shift watching Netflix all night long. You know what I'm talking about. They're dragging the church every Sunday. I'm just telling you, it's hard to focus, isn't it? It's a fight to focus. Somebody tell me it's a fight. It's a fight. We're going to wake you guys up. We're going to get there eventually. Today we're going to talk about letting go of distractions. Uh, some of the stuff really can take you off course and ultimately destroy your life. And so I look at this word distraction. It actually is derived from the Latin word in the 1590s. It means a pulling apart. Distraction means to separate. It means really a dividing of the mind in two different directions. And so Satan's tactic, the really forces of hell are against you to distract you from what matters most. There's some things in life that are worth fighting for, worth focusing on, but Satan and all the forces of hell want to stop you from focusing on what matters most, especially this time of year. Man, it can divide your mind, it can divide your soul, it can discourage you, really disengage your faith in Jesus, and ultimately distract you from what matters most in your life. The devil knows this, if he can't destroy you, he's going to distract you from what matters most. He can disengage you and ultimately yourself destruct. And so this morning I'll start the tone of this message. Uh, there is a passage of scripture Jesus talks about, and uh, it's really two ladies are hosting Jesus at a dinner party, and he's going to lovingly and encourage them to remind them of really what matters most in life. And so if you have your Bible on the YouVersion app, because I know you got your phones, that's where you're at, I know you're there. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Said, but Martha was what? Say it loud. What was Martha? Distracted by the, all the preparations that had to be made. Man, I don't really blame Martha because if Jesus was showing up to my house, come on, somebody. Man, it's going to be clean. I'm dusting the attic. You know what I'm talking about. Everything is going to be perfect. All the dishes, all the carpet, every spot is out. So I'm not going to blame her. She's probably taking out the casserole, putting in the cobbler, right? She's working around. I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she's matching the toilet paper to the shower curtains. Like, I don't know how that works in, in your life and what you do. But she's making everything perfect for Jesus. And this is what it says about her. It says, Martha comes to Jesus and asks, Lord, don't you care that my lazy, no good sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Come on, there's one in every family, amen? You know what I'm talking about. There's that lazy person you're thinking of right now, and if you can't think of that person, just saying, maybe you, maybe you. This is the kind of person that shows up to the holidays, and the only thing, only thing they bring is the Tupperware. You know what I'm talking about. They're ready to take home all the goodies for themselves, they didn't bring anything, cook anything, they're ready to go there. I mean, how dare Mary sit at the feet of Jesus? How dare she sit there? Martha's doing all the work, but Mary's just sitting there doing nothing. Now, Martha gets a real bad rep, but thank God for the Marthas, right? I mean, we didn't have Martha, we wouldn't have food on the table, amen? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. She does all the work. She, you know, the house would not be clean. The bills wouldn't be paid. There'd be no Christmas presents without Martha. If Mary's run that show, man, we'd be, we'd be homeless. We'd be cold. There'd be no gifts under the tree. So thank God. Who's the Marthas? Come on, somebody. I'm that guy sometimes. I'm just running around like crazy, totally distracted by everything. And this is what Jesus says to her, and I believe it's so pertinent to us in this season, letting go of distractions. He reminds her of something. He lovely encouraged her to do this. It's found in verse 41. It says, Martha, Martha, this is what Jesus answered. You are worried and upset about many things. Another version says this, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed. There's a few things that are really, really important to get. There's a few things that really, really matter in your life, or indeed only one, and Jesus looks at her in love, and he says, Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken from her. You know, Mary had a good heart. Uh, Martha had a good heart. Martha had good intentions, but guess what? She was distracted. Somebody say distracted. Oh, hold on a second. I got a notification here. 
Oh, it's a video about a cat. This is awesome. I love those videos. Mikey posts the craziest videos about cats. It's awesome. <laughs> Social media is awesome. Man, let's see. I love, I love the filter. That's a great filter. Christmas. Oh, check my, uh, hold on. You got to look at my schedule here. Oh, dude. Got the soccer game here. How can you get the kids fed? Uh, think about drive through Sorry, guys. I'm just distracted here. I bet there's enough french fries between the seats so we can get those kids a meal. Wait, look at the shoes. Yeah, this match. Okay, that's cool, man. Wait, you know I need more salt in that in the casserole. That's what it just came to me. Just think, think about Martha. Think about Mar- everything was a distraction, right? This is how we live our lives every day, isn't it? Like we're all of a sudden like squirrel. Oh, it's been two hours. I had no idea. It's been two hours on my phone, right? I mean, Martha was distracted by every single thing around her. Everything in her life. She was distracted by everything except for Jesus. Jesus right there in the room, like Lily sitting there, and he, she's running around with her head chopped off trying to make everything perfect. It's so easy for us to forget what this season's all about. So easy for us to get what the point is, what the most important things are in our life. You know what's interesting about Martha is that she wasn't distracted by bad things. Like we're not filling our time with all the wrong things, bad things. As a matter of fact, they're really, really, really good things. Like hard work and making money and cleaning the house and making sure everything's perfect. But it just wasn't the best thing. This morning, I want to tell you that sometimes in life, and really most difficult choices aren't between bad and good, but between good and best. Between good and best, and Jesus wants the best for your life. And when Jesus is in the space, and Jesus wants a relationship with us, we're going to spend time with Jesus. And if Satan can distract you from the most important thing, he can divide your life. He can distract you in two different directions. He can stop you from accomplishing your God-given purpose, his plan for your life. And if Satan cannot destroy you, he'll just make you settle for, for good enough. He won't make you settle for what, what's really best in your life, what really matters in life. He'll take that away from you. And so this morning, we're going to talk about how do we choose best. Like, how do we choose Jesus when he's in this space? Like, how do we follow what's the most important thing in life? And so I want to dive into three thoughts and give you some scripture and encourage you guys. We'll maybe shift your hearts so we focus in this season on what's best for us today. First thing I want to talk about is this. Diminish the distractions. You want to diminish the distractions around you. You want to distance yourself from the things that distract your life. Man, Paul talks about this, about relationships, but I think the, the concept works very well for distractions, and it's found in 1 Corinthians. He says this, I'm, not, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions. I'm not trying to make rules or make it legalistic. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. I want what's best for you. I don't want you to have the mediocre life. I want you to have the, the mundane life or the average life, even the good life. I want you to have the best life, and he goes on to say, with as few distractions as possible. Do you know that every force in hell is trying to distract you from the most important thing? There's laundry to be done. There is things to shop for. There, there is all sorts of fun on your phone, all this stuff, but distract you from the very most important thing, which is Jesus, and God wants your best. And so our most common distraction, I've talked about a few times this morning already, you're going to love me today. The mobile device, right? It's like part of the trinity, the father, son, and the mobile phone, right? I mean, it's like everywhere we go, you can't make it five minutes, and they actually studies say that we get anxiety if we're like distant from our phone. So like now my heart's starting racing a little more. It's five feet away, right? It's been gone. Like what are we going to do without it? Matter of fact, studies show that the average person checks their phone every 12 minutes. So during this gathering, you're like, oh, man, you got to check my phone, right? Like every 12 minutes out there, isn't that crazy to think about how much time we spend on the phone? Man, you think about productivity, you're like, man, I'm not getting so much stuff done. Or maybe relationships are falling apart, marriage isn't as sound as it should be, or you don't feel close to God. But man, how can we do that if we're distracted every 10 minutes by our phone? You guys are getting awfully quiet in here. Getting awfully quiet. It's getting a little silent across this place. So maybe maybe we're hitting the right spot. I don't know. We're gonna talk about this for a few minutes here. Talk about social media. The average person, this is crazy, spends two hours a day on social media. Two hours a day. Isn't that crazy? Think about this. If you're a young person in this room, this means that you will spend seven years of your life on social media. 
Man, can you imagine getting to heaven and be like, hey, Jesus, uh, yeah, I spent a tenth of my life on the social media. And I'm like, I'm a little embarrassed to even think that. I mean, it's like crazy to think how much time we spend on this stuff. You're scrolling, just what you're doing in your life. Click like, swipe, post, hashtag. Seven years. Isn't that crazy? And I'm not going to say it's a bad use of time. I'm just going to tell you it's not the best use of time. Amen? I think, I think Jesus has a better plan for us that we shouldn't spend our days burning away on social media, checking our device, checking our phone all the time. I, I did this thing on Apple as a phone called Screen Time as a part of their phone. I don't know if you guys have looked at that. Ever checked the Screen Time thing on your phone? Anybody, put your hand up if you've done this before. If you have an Apple phone and you have not done this, you're going to repent today when you look this up. Just go to the search bar and type in Screen Time. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. And you, and you look at that and you're like, I cannot believe I spent so much time on social media. Like, I can't believe it's been, it tells you how many times you pick up your phone during the day. The average amount of time you spend on social media, average time you spend on all different types of apps and productivity, which was like the lowest app setting, by the way, for me. I was like, that's sad. Um, and so you go through there and like, honestly, I had to repent. I'm like, look at my phone, like, oh, phone, now I, you are my, now my idol. I have, to, I have to get rid of you. This is crazy. Like, how much time I spent on you? And I encourage you to, to look it up. But seriously, you're talking, don't, yeah, don't, you're going to, yeah. Some of you guys, you make two hours look like nothing, you know? Some of you guys are like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. It's only two hours. Like, no, 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 no. we got to put the phone down. And so I would encourage you to diminish the distractions. So we're going to treat a distraction like it's a temptation. We're just going to walk away from it. God bless you, and God bless you in the name of Jesus. Stop the disease at the stage. I was sick for three weeks already. Love y'all. But, man, treat the distraction like it's a temptation. I love what Solomon says about temptation. And he talks about the immoral woman in Proverbs 5. He says, stay away from her. Do not go near the door of her house. He doesn't say, hey, go on in, have a party. Hey, go on the front porch, and uh, I want you guys to play truth or dare. We're just going to pray together, right? It doesn't say, like, walk next to the line. It says, just stay away from that completely. Just flee from that. And sometimes we have distractions in life. You've got to cut the distractions out of your life. I'm not saying to get rid of your cell phone because no one's going to do that, <laughs> right? But I'm even saying maybe you should limit it in your life. And so for Diane and I, uh, we have a Sabbath day and our Monday, and some people I know even this week have called us and texted us. And I mean, we just don't get back to people on Monday unless it's an emergency. And so far, I've had very few emergencies. And by the way, if you put your phone down because you're like, hey, if I put it away, somebody might call me. It's super important. Guess what? If it's an emergency, they'll call somebody else. Now I sit with a group of pastors, and seriously, we're on our phones like crazy because we work all hours of the day, all hours of the night. People, all this happens. But you know what? You can put the phone down. Put on silent. Put on do not disturb. Let it go. You don't have to carry it around you. And so Sundays, uh, even on this morning, this is like a rare occasion I carry my phone. It's actually really weird. Uh, I usually leave it in my bag. So if you're looking to steal my phone, you know where to find it. Um, you can have it, by the way. It's it's a beautiful iPhone 6S with no glass in the corner now. Uh, so it's going amazing. It'd be a perfect Christmas gift for your family. Um, but I, I, do not, I do not carry my phone on Sundays. It's, it's in my bag. I pick it up when I leave. And I, the first time I look at it, so I'm, I'm driving home. I pull my phone out and go, oh, wow, look at all this stuff. And then I get home. <laughs> so that's just how it rolls for me. And I don't know what your schedule is your phone, but for most of us, we're on it like 24-7. And so you can cut some apps off your phone maybe that are distracting. I know like Snake is an amazing app from like 1993 that may be addictive for some of you still. Um, what? Oh, you're, I thought I'm hearing stuff now. God's speaking to me. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, cut the, cut the apps off your phone. That may, maybe that take away, maybe some notifications. Uh, you got the weather alert. Like, oh, look, it's still windy and it's still cold. Amazing, right? Like, it's still like. Uh, 100% chance of rain now. Well, thank you for that. You know, it's like, do I need all these notifications in my life? These ladies, man, they, you, I'm preaching to you today. I'm preaching to you. This is the Spirit speaking to you. Man, some of you guys got the video games going on. I mean, 24-7. I mean, you're stuck all night. You're like a walking zombie at work because you stay up all night long playing games. I don't know what games you're playing. Any Fortnite people in the house? Any Fortnite people? One person? That's cool. Nobody here. You guys can keep the dance, get rid of the game. What do you guys play? Come on, tell me what game you're playing. What? 
I got nothing. I got nothing. I gave up on games because I'm never going to be that good, so I quit. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, man, that's not for me. But I'm just telling you, man, we sometimes spend so much time on stuff. Some distractions are just people in general. I mean, I hate, I hate to say that, but in, in life, man, some people just distract you. I mean, we love the name of Jesus, but they're not taking anywhere Jesus wants you to go. Matter of fact, it says this, the Bible says, a bad company corrupts good character. It says, walk with the wise, become wise, but a companion fool suffers harm. And you can't live the right life around the wrong people, amen? You just can't live the life that God's calling you to if you're around the wrong people in your inner circle. I mean, some of you, and I hate to say this, are dating a distraction, amen? Some of you are like, uh, is that me? All the guys are like, dude, don't be doing this, Petrie. Don't be doing this. Don't be doing this to me. I worked so hard for this. <laughs> but you're dating distractions, like not honoring you, not respecting you, not leaning anywhere close to Jesus, and you're just hanging out with them. They're not even like Mary or Martha doing good stuff. I mean, they're not cleaning. Come on, somebody. They didn't do the dishes. They didn't do the laundry. didn't pick anything up. They ain't paying the bills. Come on, ladies. They're, they're paying for their dinner when you go out. Like, what kind of dude is this, right? I'm just telling you, they're not bringing you gifts. I mean, I've been doing the good stuff that Martha talked about. Man, sometimes you got to cut out the distraction. Amen. All right, just, I'm preaching to somebody. I don't know who it is, but there's somebody out there. Somebody's mad right now. It's okay, though. Man, it's a fight to focus, right? It's a fight to focus. It, it's hard to cut out the distractions, but it's a fight to focus. So the first thing is to miss distractions. Second thing is ask God to give you power to focus on what is most important. This is an amazing verse. and just spoke to me, but I love this verse. found Proverbs 4. It says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. I love this. Ignoring life's distractions. Watch where you're going. I mean, I thought about wakeboarding. Like, if you're not watching where you're going, or like, or like, uh, or like barefoot skiing, if you look at your feet, you just, boom, you eat it. Uh, nobody does that. So maybe, whatever you guys do, if you got to pay attention, right? You got to know your lane. If you're mountain biking, you got to pick, you got to pick your lane. You got to know exactly the line you're going to take down the mountain. But if you know what, if you look around, all of a sudden you crash. And so I just believe, like, we got to fix our eyes. we got to know the course. we got to ignore all the distractions, because there's a lot of distractions in life, aren't there? I mean, if these kids wouldn't, right? There's a distraction. I mean, if my boss would, you know the fill in the blank, right? It's a distraction. I mean, you get all the junk mail, you get all the, the leftover emails, you get all these random ads, all the social media stuff, you get all these voices in your life, and sometimes you have distraction, you elevate a voice of a critic over the voice of the person that champions your life. Sometimes we listen to some, the wrong voices, and all of a sudden they, they, they tell us something, and we're just distracted off our purpose, and we forget why we're doing what we're doing. I mean, we give way too much attention to distractions. I think about most of my life, and I'm like, man, why did I care about that? I look back, and I can't believe I thought that was so important. I can't believe that was what I should do. And some distractions look like in my life, and that we've had, and especially in ministry, uh, we, were, we were put together this garage sale, raising money for a well in Africa uh, with our youth group, and we ended up raising just short $27,000 uh, through, this, through this initiative, and we were doing this uh, garage sale to Office Max, and these things bring in like $10,000. We're out there for like three days, like sleeping out on couches, doing crazy stuff. And this lady came up to us. She was an elder lady. And she goes, I can't believe you guys are out here selling this stuff to raise money for people not here in the United States. I was like, this is a distraction. And I'm like, hey, I understand. Like, you know, you want the money to go here. Um, but these kids could be at home playing video games right now. I'm just being honest. Like, they're here to, to help get clean water across the world because people are dying of diarrhea. And so we love you being here, but it's a distraction, right? Like that, that was the response from somebody about this good thing we're doing. And I loved it. She actually stayed and bought a typewriter. Come on, somebody. <laughs> like I was like, I don't know. I thought I offended her, but I was like, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. And so we just prayed for her. But the, the reality is, is it's a distraction. We had a distraction on Easter this year. We preached a message, a Lady Gaga message, right? Because we talked about a million reasons uh, to quit, but there's one good reason to stay. And it apparently wasn't good enough. We had a guy that upset, you know, left our church that, that evening and got a text message upset about the message. We talk about Lady Gaga and stuff like that. And the first thing I got this text message, I, I looked at Diana and said, hey, 
man, this is a distraction from Satan. Because we had an awesome Easter. We had people come to Christ. Man, the message was nothing about Lady Gaga, but we're preaching the gospel. Man, one good reason to stay, it's all about Jesus. A million reasons to quit in your life, be depressed and discouraged, but Jesus changes your life. I'm like, man, what a distraction. I mean, you know what it's like on Easter Sunday night with your family and it is an amazing gathering in the morning and somebody's like, I'm leaving. I can't believe you're, whoa, wow, that's a long text, wow. You know, it's like, what a distraction, right? I'm not gonna let that rob me, you know, from what God wants us to do. Maybe you had a family member tell you, somebody told me this when I was 18, you said, you'll never make it in ministry. It's way too hard. You'll never make it. 18 years, I'm, I'm feeling good, man. I'm, I'm 34, I'm feeling pretty good. I've made it this far, but I'm, I'm hoping to finish the race, amen? Like, I want to set the pace to finish strong whenever that time is. I want to finish the race all the way through. Not to prove somebody wrong, but just that sometimes people tell you stuff and the critics get so loud in your life. It's just a distraction for what God wants you to do. I'm telling you something. Your calling is too great and your God is too good to live your life on distractions. Sometimes we're just going like this. Oh, distraction. There's a fire. Oh, man, I can't believe that person thinks this. Am I good enough? Am I, am I, is that going to work out? Oh, I don't know what to do. And we're looking everywhere but where God wants us to look. And it says this in the book of Hebrews. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. So that's the most important thing that matters, right? We get up in the morning and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? God, give me a conversation. God, lead me today. I know the waves are big. I know there's a lot of distractions, but God, I'm going to live life for you. There's a lot of people that want to tear down something that's ahead of them or they're below somebody, tear them down. God, I'm going to let the voices tear me down. God, I'm going to follow you with my life. How different would your life look like if you put your eyes on Jesus? How different would your life look like? I mean, how you spent your money, how you spent your time. I mean, some of you guys would start canceling Netflix. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. Not, not happening, right? But man, we spend so much time being distracted by the stuff in our life. Man, we can thank God. We're focused on Jesus. Like, man, thank God for the critic. Man, pray, pray for your heart. Man, thank God you called me to preach. I'm not going to be distracted by somebody who goes, man, I don't like the way you preach. Like, that's okay. But God, thank God you give me a call in my life to launch a church. Thank God our church is seeing people come to Christ on Easter Sunday. We're focused on people not in this building, but people in the community. Thank God we're focused on your mission. And so all of a sudden, like, we can just walk with confidence and just kind of rise above the storm. I'm going to tell you some supernatural things happen when you fix your eyes on Jesus. Supernatural things happen when you fix your eyes on Jesus. A story in Matthew 14, it started verse 22. And, and Jesus had literally just did the feeding of the 5,000. He's got five loaves and two fish. Feeds 5,000 men, but it really didn't include women or children. So it's a feeding of like 15,000 people. And this is what happens immediately after. It says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. He's going to the other side of this lake. He said, when he and when he while he dismissed the crowd. So Jesus, he says, hey, good disciples, go ahead and go across the lake, and I'm going to dismiss 15,000 people. Who knew that was a good Sunday morning, right? <laughs> like, hey, thanks to you. Hey, great. Yes, yeah, see you. He dismisses 15,000 people, and I love what it says. I love what it says. He said, after Jesus has dismissed the crowd, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Jesus, Jesus left all these people. Most of us were like, man, what a great day. And you're talking about these stories. And you know where Jesus went? Jesus said, hey, man, that was awesome. I've got to go talk to my dad. It's amazing. While the, while the disciples are rowing across the lake in man's power, Jesus is on top of the mountain getting God's power. Amen? He's praying. He's seeking God. He's praising God. He's not distracted by all the conversations he had and how cool the moment was. He's not distracted by all the stuff of the world. He's following what God has for him. Later that night, Jesus was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted or hindered by the waves because the wind was against it. I love this. Jesus up on the side of the mountain. I can just see it now. He's sitting there, and he's watching the disciples row all night long. 
and they're just moving. They're, they're not moving. They're just stuck. They're just moving in constant space. Like the wind's blowing, and they're going in the wind. They're just standing there, and Jesus is watching them struggle in the battle of life. They're just rowing in their own strength, doing their thing. And Jesus, I don't know if he eventually took a nap. Like, I don't know what happened, but it says this. He says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Man, Jesus watched all night long. Isn't that crazy? You feel like you've been rowing all night long? <laughs> Some of us maybe feel like we've been just rowing and rowing and rowing, but Jesus is there. He's waiting for us to not do in our own strength, but in his strength. Disciples were exhausted in the morning, and Jesus comes out and takes a stroll. I love this. I love the disciples work so hard in their own power all night long to get across the lake. And Jesus gets up and stretches, gets his morning stroll out, and he's like, hey, what's up, guys? Isn't that crazy? Like, we can do our whole life our own way, being distracted. I mean, who said just because you got in the boat, you had to row? I mean, who said just because you got in the boat, you had to do it in your own strength? Who said that we could just do it in our own power? Who said that? Jesus is so common. Like the boat was so common for Peter and for all the disciples. They're fishermen. Of course I got a boat. This is what I'm supposed to do. I go to work. I work hard. I got my phone. I get my phone. I'm distracted by what's in front of me. But Jesus is like, man, didn't you see me do the miracle? I spent 15,000 people with five loaves. You think I can make this boat across this lake? Maybe it's time to pray. Maybe it's time to put me first. Maybe it's time to stop doing it your way because I know it's worked before, but it's just not going to work forever. Like it maybe worked in the season, but it's not going to continue to work for you. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. This, it's a ghost. They cried out in fear, but Jesus immediately said to them, I love this, take courage, it is I. He didn't tell me it was. It's I, don't be afraid. And Peter's like, Lord, if it's you, I don't know if it's you, but if it's you, Lord, tell me to come out on the water. And Jesus said, come out. Peter, it hit him. He's like, wait, wait, wait. If this is really the Jesus that did the miracle, I don't know why I'm rowing right now. Like, I don't know why I'm still just focused on this distraction. Like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Hey, Jesus, if that's you, just tell me, come on out in these waves, into the wind. I'm going to walk on the water. And I love it. Jesus walked on the water. He climbed right out of the boat. He's like, I've been rolling on that long. Why am I doing my own power? Why am I living through my distraction? Why didn't I trust God earlier? He's been on the mountain all night long praying. Probably praying for us that we begin to turn to him. But all of a sudden I see him and say, you know what? I want to I step out on the water. And it says this. He says this, Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Now, Peter gets a bad rep because he eventually sinks. But Peter did walk on water, amen? He did walk on water. He did. He actually walked on the water. But when he saw the wind, all of a sudden he was distracted. He took his eyes off of Jesus. He saw the wind, and he saw all the waves. He began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. But I love this. He was fixed his eyes on Jesus. He did something supernatural. He fixed his eyes on Jesus. He could take a step above the waves and the wind. But as soon as he saw the problems, as soon as he saw all those distractions, as soon as he heard the critic, as soon as he felt the breeze, as soon as he realized that he could be in some danger, it was a little uncomfortable, all of a sudden he's like, whoa. He lost his faith in Jesus because he was focused on the wrong stuff. I'm telling you this morning, God wants you to fix your eyes on him, to let go of the distraction, to focus on what's most important. You want something supernatural to happen in your life? You want something to change in your life? Maybe you feel overwhelmed. Maybe you feel behind. Maybe you just never can make it. Like, it's just never enough. I mean, I met with a guy yesterday. I, I talked to him, and he, he said that his place in his business right now, he believes it's only in a bad situation because he hasn't been putting God first in his life. And this is a guy that's been walking away from God. Somebody's been running from God. And he kind of came to the end where it's all coming together this week for him. He's like, man, I, I just should have put God first in my life. I'm just telling you something. No matter how big the waves are, no matter how big the waves are, you can walk on water. Now, how big the waves are, no matter how big the discouragement is, or the critic, or the person is tearing you down, or how busy the season is, you can get out and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm not worried about all this stuff. I'm going to do it your way. 
I know life's difficult. I'm going to tell you something. When you become a, a great Christian leader or whatever you want to call it, more spiritual, whatever, the waves don't get any smaller, amen? They don't get any smaller because you're walking closer to Jesus. They might get even bigger because now more people are, you're like a target on your back for Satan. I'm going to tell you, just keep walking. You keep looking at Jesus. God's going to do something supernatural. Some of you guys got some marriages that need some supernatural healing. Some of you guys have been married for so many years, you forgot why you're married. Some of you guys made your whole life distracted by your kids for the last 10 years and they moved out and you're like, I don't know this person. Some of you guys got to just go back to the original thing, just kind of date each other. You just got to fall in love again. So you don't put Jesus right in the middle of this. I'm sorry I've made it about myself. I made it about the kids. I'm going to make it about you, Jesus. I want you to heal my marriage. Some of you guys have a relationship that has to be healed. Some of you guys got to love your kids even though they're doing dumb stuff. Amen? You got to love your kids. You gotta say, man, that's okay. I still love you. I, that's not how I do it, but I love you. I care about you. I'm always here for you. I love what it says in Proverbs 4.26. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. Like, don't, don't take your eyes off Jesus. Like, don't let one second of your life be wasted on something that's not important. Like, don't spend two hours a day. Ooh, man, Satan lives in the sound system. Satan did not like this preaching message, all right? Or it's, or it's God's way of saying laying the plane. I don't know, but we're going to get there. All right, last point. Diminish distractions. Man, focus on what's important. Last thing is listen to the voice of God. Listen to the voice of God in your life. It says in Isaiah 32, it says, In your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or turn to the left. God's speaking to you when you're walking. He's saying, Hey, you know what? This is the way. You're doing, you're doing the right way. Hey, turn this way a little bit. Hey, go talk to that lady. Go talk to that lady. Go share some. Give her. She needs some help. Give her some help this season. Hey, no, what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> no, 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 put down the phone, right? Like he's talking to us. He's talking to God's a God who speaks. Matter of fact, he spoke the world into existence. Like audibly said, light, boom, earth, boom. Like he spoke into existence, his divine fiat. He speaks to us today through his scripture. If you're like, I don't know what I'm doing in life, read the Bible. God speaks to you through his word. He speaks to you through his spirit. He speaks to you through his creation. If you've ever been some amazing place in the world, you've gone, whoa, like no way. Like God's speaking to you. God speaks through people. He speaks through circumstances. Then God is going to speak to you if you let him speak to you. It says in John 10, 27, it says, my sheep listen to my voice. There's a voice of God that's constantly talking to you, but there's other voices around you. If you're distracted, you're not going to listen to the voice of God. He says, my sheep listen to me. I know them and they follow me. You know, Satan wants to distract you from the voice of God. Your entire life, he can just keep you busy. He'll distract you from the very thing that God wants you to do. You can just settle for good all your life. But God wants your best. I, be, I believe God is calling you to say this. Hey, come follow me. Come follow me. Hey, don't go that direction. Don't, I got something better for you. I got a plan for you. Don't be looking at that. Don't go that, don't go that direction a little bit. Yeah, take your time. Hey, that's where I want you. Exactly where I need you. God speaks to you. There's moments in my life I can remember distinctly where God has spoken to me. And that wasn't some audible voice of God and a tablet fell from the sky. And it said, but it was as clear as day in my head that God told me certain things. I remember back in 2001, I went on a missions trip to Mexico. I was coming back over the, the border from Mexico to the United States. And I thought the trip was over. You know, they got the armed guards and we're taking our luggage out because who knows American customs is a little more difficult than going down to Mexico. And so we're taking our luggage out of the bus and we're coming in there and I'm like, yeah, what a great trip and you know, whatever. And there's a guy from Bunt Life, his name was Mike. We called him Witnessing Mike. And uh, some of you might have known this guy. And he's, he's passed away since this trip. And he had these cards, or these cards, these coins. He'd go out and he'd witness to people. And one side was about sin and the other side was about the gospel of Jesus. And he'd go around and he'd just share Jesus with people. And so I remember coming up to this, kind of the border crossing, and they have armed guards, the Mexican National Guard, or whoever the soldiers were. They're standing there with their AK-47s, and they're just at attention waiting. And this man, Mike, witnessing Mike, he goes up to these guards. I'm like, this trip's over. And he goes up to him, and he starts sharing the coin. He 
starts telling about Jesus. I stood about 10 feet away looking at him going, what was I thinking? Like, I thought I was on a missions trip, but Jesus told me we're on a mission. Mike knows we're on a mission. Like, this mission over is because of the mission trip. Mission. What was I thinking? Like, souls matter. And God spoke to me and said, this isn't a trip, son. This is a calling in your life. You're on a mission for souls. And I watched that man. I thought, man, I want to be like Mike. Like, I want to be the soul winner. Like, I'm the kind of person that shares Jesus just because the trip's over? What are you thinking? Like, crazy. And God just spoke to me. said, souls matter. I remember going on a trip in 2013 to Columbia, South America, listening to Craig Lingo, this missionary. This is right before he got on the plane to leave. He said, you know, God's writing a new song in your guys' lives. I'm like, he is? Like, what, what are you talking about? He began to tell about his story of condemnation and shame, how God just kept, or Satan kept telling him he wasn't good enough. He was struggling with pornography. He was struggling with his loss of his life. And just Satan kept telling him, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be good enough. And this Bible talks about there's a new song that God's going to write in your life. And he said, God's going to write a song. I'm like, man, God, give me a song. Like, God's going to say, I'm going to give you a new song. He's speaking to me. I'm like, I'm not longer living in condemnation. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live with the voice of the critic or the distraction or the big problems around me because guess what? Jesus is on the water and he's calling me out on the water to him. So I'm going to live differently. God spoke to me that moment and said, son, you got to go for yourself. You're a chosen love son of the king. You're a prince in the kingdom. Like don't live, don't settle for what this world says. Don't be good. Don't try to follow everybody else's plans. Follow God's plans for your life. And I surrendered my life that day. Once again, in this today, in this world, in my time, I come home, my house is destroyed like a whirlwind. I got two kids, like little terrorists. I mean, just kids that run around, right? Like the whole place is destroyed. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm the kind of guy, I'm like, we got people over all the time. Like we office out my house for the church. Like we got band practice, worship practice. We have all these people all the time. So it's like, man, I gotta keep the house up. And so I'll make it perfect. I'll make it perfect. I'm perfect. And God just spoke to me. So embrace the season. Embrace the season. There's just gonna be messed up for now. Like there's gonna be stuff everywhere. You can't have it both ways. And God said to me specifically, you're gonna miss, you're gonna miss the mess. You're gonna miss the mess. One day the mess isn't gonna be there. One day you're gonna go home and it's gonna be like this. It's all quiet. They're gonna graduate. They're going to be on doing their thing. I got one moment in time to be the daddy, to be to my kids, amen? And God's calling me not to pick up the stuff like Martha, like I'm going to run around crazy and make everything perfect and everything's going to be all in place and I'm going to be OCD crazy. I know Jesus will get to you and kids, I'll get to you and wife, I'll get to you, but I'll get all this stuff figured out and I'll be off. No, 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 no. God wants me to be the best dad I can be right now. He wants me to tell my kids that I love you, I'm praying for you, I want to show you Jesus. Now, I want to lead you, so I want to make you know that, that I'm proud of you. When you have a problem in your life, I want you to run to me first. Like, I'm going to be here for you. Like, there's a mess. That's okay. We're going to deal with the mess. We'll get the mess cleaned up eventually when you get, when you get your little chores, okay? But today, you're not getting that, right? Like, I want to be that person. And so I'm not going to miss the main thing and be distracted by all this other stuff. So often, we're distracted by the stuff in our life. I believe God is calling us to come out and walk out on the water. God's calling us to look for what's most important. Just like Peter, we're going to step out and say, you know what? I don't have all figured out, but God, I'm going to follow you today. God, I'm not going to be distracted on social media. I mean, seven years of my life, if I go to heaven, I'm like, seven weeks, come on, somebody. I'll not be embarrassed. I might be embarrassed to think I spent that much time on the phone. Like, I could have been investing in something that was worthwhile, something so important, something significant, something that would change the course of history. Now, I'm going to distance myself from the distractions. I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to fight to focus. Somebody say, fight. I'm going to fight. I'm going to make that fight. Like, I'm tired of being distracted. Think about the time we spend every week. Do a log of your, of your time and see where you spend all of your time. Man, today, I just encourage you to choose best. Man, let go of the distractions. Follow God's plan for your life. Man, choose what matters most today. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray that we would choose best. God, that we wouldn't be distracted by stuff. God, in the season 
Black Friday and Cyber Monday, God, that we'd be focused on you. God, we wouldn't be distracted by our phone. God, we wouldn't be distracted by what somebody else wants for our life. We wouldn't be distracted by the words around us. God, the mounds around us. God, all the waves and the sea. But God, we'd fix our eyes on you today. There are those of you today that are going to say, you know what, I have really good intentions, but you know, I've been distracted. But today, I want God to call me out on the water. He's calling me out of the boat. I want to step, I want to step out in this room, and I want to say yes to God. I want to choose, my, I want to choose best today. I want to focus on what matters most. God's calling me away from my distractions. He wants me to focus on him today. If that's you, just lift your hand high in this room and say, I want to focus on Jesus today. I see your hands. Man, almost every person across this room. Just pray with me. Father God, to thank you so much for making clear what is most important. Sometimes you just tell us, Martha, Martha, Martha. You're just missing the most important thing. God, help us not to be distracted by the, the circumstances and the problems. God, we know the closer we get to you, the farther we get out in the waves, God. We're not going to be distracted by the problems. We're not going to be critical of the problems. We're going to thank God that you put us here to solve the problems. God, help us never forget the miracles you did before we walked in the water. God, remind us of what you did across the world. God, what you do by feeding the 5,000. God, we're not on this race by ourselves. God, help us to distance ourselves from our phone, from video games, from things that take us away from your calling and the most important things in our life, God, Holy Spirit, just prompt us. Just prompt us. Just we'll say yes to you. Say go left, we go left. Just prompt us again and again and again. God, we're faithful to you and say yes to you every time you speak to, speak to us. We hear your voice. We're going to follow you. And some of you as we continue praying, you're going to choose best today. Today you're going to make the decision that's going to change your life forever. Be real honest with me. You'd say, you know, I've been distracted from God by most of life. Maybe you've given up on church. Maybe you've given up on God. And right now, you know what? You have no spiritual direction. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I'm just kind of flowing through this whole spiritual thing. I'm not going to have any direction in my life. And today, God is just, he's piqued your interest. He's calling you to himself. What is that? That's the goodness of God. That's the grace of God. That's just Jesus saying, come, come on out, step out of the boat, come follow me. That's a loving kindness of God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your life saying, Martha, Martha, hey, I know you've missed it. You focused on something that's not important as the main thing, but I'm here and I love you. It's so easy to be distracted because we have sin nature. Because it's just about self. We're, we're born with this. We're shaping this. We do these things away from God, and it's so easy to walk away from Jesus. But God sent Jesus to bring us back to himself. He's on a rescue mission for us. The Bible said that Jesus was perfect and sinless. He lived a perfect life. He went to the cross, and he died for every single one of our wrongs. All the distractions he died for. He died for everything we did, every idle word, every wrong thing, every moment of addiction, every time we turn back to it. Jesus died for it, nailed to the cross, and he offers the gift of life. The Bible says that he rose, on the dead, rose from the dead on the third day, defeating death, hell, and the grave for us. The Bible says anybody trusts in him alone will have eternal life. This is good news for us because Jesus wants a relationship with you today. Jesus wants you to accept him. If, you, if you're tired of living the distracted life, the mundane life, even maybe the good life, but you want the best life. Jesus says he will save you. He will set you free. He will call you home today. He'll give you a purpose. So anyone who calls in the name of Jesus will be saved. It's not going to be your life. It's going to be the abundant life. When you call on him, he'll make you new. So maybe today you say yes to Jesus. So if that's you, you say yes to his forgiveness. Across the room, if you raise your hand high, nobody look and say, I want, yeah, I want Jesus today. I want to say yes to him. Anybody like that across the space, I want to say yes to Jesus if that's you, just pray this prayer inside your heart. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. God, thank you for sending your best for us. God, thank you for sending your son. I've been distracted by so many things, but today I know you're calling me home. God, you're calling me to follow you. I'm not be distracted by the world because I see you clearly today. God, use my life. I'm going to follow you, and I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, give it up.